May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. So I need to start this morning's sermon with a confession. Uh, I noted while I was rereading my report about Centrepoint that I left out something that is of reasonable importance, and that is that the tenants who have been in there for the last nine and a half years upstairs and providing between two and a half and three thousand dollars worth of income each month moved out in December uh, for a number of reasons they didn't wish to continue the lease. And we are currently negotiating with the Ministry of Education for a new lease for a class from the Tauranga Special School. They want to go up there. But this is taking a lot longer than either the Tauranga Special School, that class is currently meeting in the staff room, or us would like, but there's nothing either of us can do. So we're kind of caught between project managers and lawyers and etc, etc. So all of that uh, is causing a few moments of anxiety for both the management committee, which is now down $3,000 worth of income a month, and because of that, their ability to pay the five dollars or $5,000 a month to the parish is greatly diminished, and so very soon they're going to have to chop that, which means it's causing a few moments of anxiety for the vestry as well, because as you will see from our budget, it's already quite a sizable deficit, and so if Centrepoint drops its giving to the parish, our ability to pay for me becomes under question. And whether I will be able to stay as full-time is a real question for the future, unless we can get tenants into that upstairs thing. So, all of that is calling, causing a bit of anxiety, and some of you might now be feeling a bit of anxiety as well. So it's lucky we had today's Gospel reading, isn't it? Which is all about anxiety. Because essentially Jesus seems to be saying, don't worry, be happy. (laughs) And we could all break out into song at this point. (laughs) In fact, the words to that song are very good and could fit quite well to that Bible reading we just heard. That reading operates on a number of levels. At a very basic level, Jesus is saying, stop worrying. In fact, the Greek that's used there is a little bit more intense than worrying. As one of the commentators I read said, probably the closest we can get to what the Greek says is angsting. If that was a word, which it's not. We don't have a verb for angst. But if it was a verb, angsting then that would be the word we would use to translate the Greek in this passage. And if you're like me, we can spend a lot of time angsting about things that have not, might not, probably will not happen. But it's quite fun thinking about bad scenarios and then angsting about them, isn't it? I was amazed on my retreat where I had some time, but how much time I angsted over something that might happen at this year's Synod, which probably won't happen, but I've got a great speech prepared if it does. (laughs) But I was also very annoyed that I spent that amount of time thinking about it. I was like, come on, John, stop it. 
An example of this is when we first got the, the lease document for, um, from the Ministry of Education. So government departments, our old lease document for the previous tenants was three pages long. The new government-based lease document was 60 pages. So, yeah, you can tell they pay a lot to lawyers to write all these words, and then we had to pay lawyers to read those words. But in the, in the beginning of the document, it said it was for, from the Ministry of Education with us for a special class. didn't mention the Tauranga Special School at all, it just said a special class. And so when some people at Point read this, they got very anxious, very angsty about this. And they spent a lot of time dreaming up all these terrible scenarios about what kind of school would go up there and the kind of people that would be involved and how they would loiter out in front of Centrepoint and they would stop customers coming in and then I was rung and I, had to, I was asked what can we do to stop this and I had to go down and talk to them and I don't think they were very happy with me because all I said was, well... We actually don't know who is going... Hmm? Chill out. Yeah, well, that was it. Chill out. We actually don't know who's going in there. And we don't know what kind of students are coming. So let's not worry about it till we do know. And then when we do know, and we do know what the real issues are, then we can worry about those, we can angst about those, and we can do something about it. But for now, chill out, as Josie said. She was one of the people who was thoroughly getting her knickers in a twist. <laughs> Not the only one. There were a number. But let's face it. Where's the fun in not worrying about something? It's just a lot more fun when we can get angsty. Now sometimes we read this passage being Jesus saying, don't, don't plan. You know, just let things happen. But I don't think Jesus is saying that at all. I think what he's saying is, be careful what you spend your time angsting over. Be careful that you're angsting over something that is actually going to happen or is happening. Don't waste your time worrying about, angsting about things that might happen, might not happen, probably won't happen. Just focus on the things that you can change. So we're about to come to Lent. Starts on Wednesday, which means we're going to eat pancakes on Tuesday. So what is it that you're angsting about? And can you do anything about it? In which case, do you really need to be angsting over it? And this Lent, maybe, is that something that you can change? Something you could give up? instead of, say, chocolate. Give up angsting over things that actually you can't do anything about. And then maybe you could spend that time and energy on something more productive. Well, as I said, this passage operates at a number of levels, and... Another level is that I think it also has some things to say to us here at St George's as we get ready for our AGM. It's, it's nice to be able to read this as a standalone passage which has some helpful life lessons for us, and it does operate at that level. 
But we also need to remember that this is a passage which is part of a bigger block of teaching, which we call the Sermon on the Mount. And we've been listening to that sermon for the last four weeks, and that it has a role within that larger block of teaching. It's not just a standalone thing, it's actually within a context. It's in a whole line of teaching that begins with the Beatitudes, where Jesus offers a description of the people who were of greatest honour and therefore were the most important. And that description bears no resemblance to who the people of his society would have described as the people of greatest honour and the most important, and bears no resemblance to who we would think is of most important either. We don't seem to have learned many of those lessons. And it ends when Jesus talks about, or tells a story about those who hear what he has to say but fail to act, who he compares to those who build their house on sand, as opposed to those who hear what he has to say and acts on it, who he says are like those who build on rock. So all of this goes to the point, as one of the people I read says, all of this is about how do we make this the bedrock of our life? How do we make this something that shapes what we do every day? Our actions. It's not enough to hear. Both groups of people hear, but only one of those groups of people at the end acted on what he said. And so we are invited to be amongst those who act on these words. So this whole block is about what our lives are based on and how we live that out, both as individuals, but Jesus didn't live in a world where individuals existed, so also as communities, communities and families. And so this passage is for us here at St George's, this whole block of teaching. And it asks us, what is our life based on? Well, for the last few weeks, we've been hearing Jesus talk about being righteous and being perfect. And I've preached about both those things and suggested that maybe they are the same thing. So who can tell me what does it mean to be righteous or perfect? This is a bit dangerous because now I'm kind of seeing how many of you remember what I said the last two weeks. Complete. Complete. Somebody was listening. So we are perfect when we are complete. The end point. And what does the end point look like? It goes back to being righteous. Can anyone remember that? Well, I was using the work of N.T. Wright, English bishop and theologian and uh, author, uh, but also the work of people like Rob Bell and, um, more importantly, St. Augustine of Hippo, one of the greatest theologians of the Western Church, who would suggest that being righteous is when we bear the image of God. We are created in the image of God. When we live that out, then we are righteous. And what does that righteousness look like? What does God look like? Well, we have to look at the life of Jesus to see that. That's the point of Jesus' life, his ministry, his teaching. He shows us what God is like. And what is Jesus like? Well, he is filled with compassion and generosity and mercy and love. That's what God is like. So when we live our lives with compassion and generosity 
and mercy and love, we bear the image of God and we are complete. We are righteous. We are perfect. That's what we should be basing our lives on. Now verse 33, which was our sentence, is a crucial text in all of this, because in this Jesus says, But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is it we strive for as individuals and as a church? What motivates us when we get out of bed in the morning? What keeps us going through the day? What is it that we hope for in our lives, for our church, for our world? And today, in our AGM, what is it we strive for here at St George's? What is it we hope for St George's? We live in a time of struggle for churches, don't we? Especially mainline churches like Anglicans. Dwindling numbers, finances struggling. If you read the AAW report, you read that the Waikato AAW has had to uh, go into whatever they've called it because they couldn't find a president, so it's kind of not operating at the moment at a diocesan level. These are times where we could spend a lot of time Striving to get enough people to keep things going. Striving to make sure that we have enough money. Striving to attract more people to belong. And we do spend a lot of time doing that. A lot of our time as a diocese is spent talking about just that. But actually that's not what Jesus told us to do. He did not say strive to keep your institution going. He said... Strive first for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, God's compassion and generosity and justice and love. That's what we should be striving for. So the question for us this morning is, in what way are we image bearers? In what ways do we live out God's compassion and generosity and justice and love? Imagine, and I'm saying this as someone who wrote a significant part of the biggest report in our reports booklet and completely wrote, although I left out one of the important items, another report in our reports booklets. But just imagine, and didn't talk about many of these things, so this is a critique of my own report. But imagine if our report simply talked about that as a parish in the last year. This is how we lived out God's compassion. And this is how we lived out God's generosity. And this is how we lived out God's justice. This is how we strove first for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. And we left out all the money stuff and the building stuff and everything else we talk about. Because that's the point. That's what should consume us. That's what we should be worrying about. It's really hard To not worry about the other things though, isn't it? And I try hard not to, but every now and again I just kind of flick my eyes down the numbers who attend church. And then I go, that's not the point, John. It's not what we're striving for. It's just so tempting. That's what Jesus is saying this morning. That is what we should be striving for and everything else. 
everything else that we worry about, that we angst about, distracts us. No, we did have PowerPoint slides at this point, but never mind. Just thought. PowerPoint 3, I I don't think we've had 1 and 2. There you go, why worry? Sermon on the Mount. And the last one, the end of last week's. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others, the way God is towards you. So I want you to turn around to your neighbour, because it's not in the reports, but I want you to talk about how do we at St George's live out God's generosity and compassion and justice and love, and how might we build on that? So... It's not on the reports, but let's do a little bit of that now. Just turn around to your neighbour. How do we do that and how can we build on that?